Welcome back to the Take Flight podcast with me, Mark Whittle, and the third instalment of this amazing collaboration with the boys at Managing. You guys know the drill now. Last month, Manor launched their brand new space, MCP. The most unique training facility I've experienced and somewhere that definitely needs to be seen and trained in to be appreciated. The images look unbelievable online. You can see everything there at MCP underscore Manor. You can see what it's all about. Dark, gritty, you get a proper workout there. But go in and experience it in something completely different. In honour of the launch, the guys hosted a 24 in 24 event. 24 participants taking part in 24 workouts over 24 hours and it was all in support of the amazing charity Rock to Recovery. I was asked by the boys to be part of the launch which I gladly accepted. Having gotten closer and closer to them over the last few months I'm becoming more and more of a supporter and even an advocate of what they're doing so it was a real honour to be involved. I sat down with five peak performers in their fields on the night and had some amazing conversations. The first two are live now with Charlie Green and Zoe Williams, four-time medalist of the Invictus Games. And the third person I sat down with at 24 and 24, and the guest for episode 46 of the Take Flight podcast, is Steele Johnson, aka the Magic Marine. For those of you that have listened to Take Flight for a while, you'll know I've travelled to LA twice, San Diego, Tampa, Dubai, and all across the UK in the last year and a half, in search of the most impactful conversations with the most amazing people. I've spoken to the best athletes in the world, the most successful entrepreneurs, but this chat right here might be my favourite conversation of all, and I don't say that lightly. My brother always used to laugh at me as a kid because I used to come out of every single cinema visit saying that was my new favourite film, and sometimes I do feel like that with every episode I record for Take Flight, but I really think this could be my favourite. Steele is an ex-Royal Marine Commando who was in the military for 10 years with the last two years as a medic in the Special Forces as part of the SBS, the Special Boat Service. During his 10 years serving, he had deployments in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Steele shares openly on this episode his experiences in both and some of the more difficult things he went through during those tours. But believe it or not, his most difficult time to date wasn't something he witnessed in Afghan or Iraq. It was something more recently that happened to him when sadly he lost his dad. And I have to thank Steele massively for being so open about this part of his life. It was a really emotional chat. You can hear the emotion in there. I've listened back to it twice while I was editing it and both times I choked up. But it was something that's so powerful because we've all experienced death of loved ones. So thank you so much for sharing still because I think you're going to help so many by opening it up. As with a lot of suffering, positive things come the other side. By going through this, it led to a pretty deep period of reflection for still, which allowed him to realise what actually mattered in his life and what he actually valued. And he decided that those things were magic, motorbikes and surfing. And why not? He'd practiced magic since he was a kid on and off and got heavily back into it while in the Marines. And this is what led to the Magic Marine. He now performs at copious events, does loads of weddings and loves what he's doing day to day. In his downtime, he travels with his brother and goes surfing. It sounds like a fucking great life to me. If you know anyone at all who's disillusioned with what they're doing, lacking fulfillment or going through hardship, please send this episode to them because I really think it will help. Steele's one of the most genuine, kind people I've met. I love chatting with him so much. If you enjoy listening to the episode, please reach out to both of us at Mark Whittle underscore TF and at The Magic Marine, both on Instagram. We'd love to hear what you think. Without further ado, please enjoy one of the most heartfelt, special conversations that Take Flight's released with the absolute hero, Steele Johnson, aka The Magic Marine. Steele, welcome to the Take Flight podcast. Good evening. By the way, probably the best and coolest name we've had on the podcast. Thank you. Steele. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a random one, and it, it wasn't intentionally a magic name. It was a nickname that I got in the Marines um, a few years back, and then when, I, when the magic was starting to take off, I, I chatted to some, some of the lads, and I said, oh, I want to I have a, a magic name, you know, like Dynamo has, and, and this sort of thing, and, and they said, well, Steel's already established, why don't you roll with that? So I was like, okay, a bit, do I keep it, don't I? And, and I, it just kind of, it, it was already... I don't, it already changed over on Facebook and that sort of stuff. So some of the lads were calling me Steel, and it, it just kind of carried on and became <laughs> became a magic name. But now it's the Magic Marine, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Um, I heard someone call me at once. Oh, look at that! He's a, he's the Magic Marine, and um, I thought it's just a, a great title to sum up exactly what I'm doing. Although it does yeah. sometimes get confused with Magic Mike. <laughs> the Marines having their reputation very of, different show of, uh, you know the shenanigans that go on but, 
Uh, yeah, different show. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I'm so glad to be sitting down with you. We met at Woody's book launch yeah, a few yeah. months ago now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a we had a brief chat. It's nice to, yeah. to meet you there and saw some of the magic there, which it's is brilliant. It's great to be there. I mean, to, to come and perform at the Shard. I mean, these are all, like, I never imagined the magic would take off like this. I never imagined I would be donning the suit and waistcoat and yeah. jumping into these absolutely fabulous venues and performing yeah. for fantastic people I didn't yeah. I, I couldn't have imagined it going the way that it has gone how long have you been doing the magic then um, like full time I've been doing the magic full time for two years uh, but it's sort of I guess I, I liked it as a little kid but back then like as a young lad um, back in that day it was a bit geeky so I left it alone because I wanted it to be cool and then it wasn't until I joined the Marines I was a young Marine up at 4-5 Commando and I saw a, another guy doing some sleight of hand magic. And I'd seen trick cards, but I'd never seen the skill set of sleight of hand. And this guy was doing his sleight of hand magic. And I thought, wow, that's, that's awesome. I want to do that. <laughs> and um, from that point, um, that, that's when I started. And it's, it's something that throughout my career, I kept coming back to and kept coming back to. And I guess naturally progressed with it to a point where people were then saying, oh, you know that magic you're doing, can you come along and, and do that at my event or my, you know, yeah. a, a dinner or uh, a wedding or that sort of thing. And it just naturally kind of, the ball started rolling with it. Yeah, amazing, man. So what, what drew you to that? Because I've seen magic tricks and I think, oh, that's really impressive, like, that's good. But what was it that drew you to it and go like, do you know what, I actually want to do it myself? Um, I guess it, it reignited the, the little flame, the passion I'd had for it when I was a young lad okay so it kind of it obviously reignited that um and i think the where i was at the time i was based up in our uh which is quite a isolated barracks mm. um and so it was just it was one of those things where i had a pack of cards with me and we'd sit down and we'd be watching tv and i'd just be like flicking through the cards i'd be funny i'd just be practicing yeah uh, and and it was I, I enjoyed it i was sort of passionate about it uh, and wanted to to progress and and, and, and uh, one of the guys the guy that uh, sort of first got me into it he, he gave me um, a book which is like the foundation for card magic and mm. so I just started working through that um, nice. and enjoyed it so yeah. you were still in the marines at this point yeah yeah this was early on in my career yeah, um, uh, yeah maybe like 2008 or 2009 okay. about that sort of time and how was it received in such like an alpha environment like no, I, th- I think the lads, the lads enjoyed it really? yeah yeah um, I'd say to say, hey, check this out, you know, and we'd, we'd just do a little bit, and it was always, it always seemed well received, and I think that's what made me continue with it, and, and even now today, why I still continue with it, because I can, I can go up to a, a group of complete strangers, um, and you know, as I do at a, an event, and I introduce myself, and I say, oh, check this out, and then just watching their their faces, their sort of. <laughs> The amazement and the joy that it brings that makes me buzz, and I'm like, oh, that's that's brilliant. I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm yeah. really happy that they're enjoying watching what I'm yeah. doing, what, what I'm performing. So that's, I think that's why, that's one of the main reasons why I continue to do it. Yeah, I suppose it's like what a lot of performers talk about. You get that immediate feedback that you're impacting someone and making someone smile. So visual, just watching them, and um, especially now I've got my little brother working with me who comes along to the events and he. He sort of films and, and takes videos and to be able to watch it back from a different angle it's um and to see people's reactions there's like, oh that that was that went down well i'll do that again i'll do that again um yeah it's, um, it's good oh amazing mate so you spoke briefly there about how you had a sort of interest or passion in magic when you were younger yeah tell me a little bit about the story of like as a kid growing up and then what it was that actually led you into the military Ooh, well i guess when I look back, um, it was inevitable I was going to go into the military because I always enjoyed being outside um, and just, you know, like shooting um, and sort of being physically active. Where did you so, grow up? Uh, oh, it was in uh, sort of North Yorkshire. Okay. Out in the countryside. You said shooting there as in like... like air, with air, air rifle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, um, although I did shoot my bro with a bow and arrow. Uh, I think he's probably yeah he's got he's probably one of the few blokes in 2019 that's got an arrow wound to his face he's got stitches below his eye <laughs> yeah yeah so that was a good shot back then uh, um, yeah so it was inevitable I was going to go into the military 
I'd, I'd sort of dismissed the Marines initially because I felt um, I wasn't good enough for it. And I ended up joining, I first initially joined up uh, an army infantry regiment, um, a reserve unit, and then went on to go like a full-time reservist. Uh, this was, I joined in maybe 2002, then <coughs> went, went full-time and went out to Iraq in 2004 uh, to Basra. Um, you went to I, Basra? Yeah, and I, I was sort of based in Basra city centre at a little place called um, Old State Buildings. Um, and I just remember thinking, I was... Um, a rear gunner on the Snatch Land Rovers as a mini-me gunner. Um, wow. And I remember uh, we, we used to get like uh, IDF'd a lot with, they would like just bomb us with Chinese rockets and stuff. And I remember like as a young lad thinking, what am I doing out here? <laughs> you know, and I, I came back from that tour and it's like probably the first time I'd earned a bit of money. Um, and it coincided with one of my longest friends, uh, fr- friendships, this, this guy had finished university um, and I had a bit of time and I've got some money let's go traveling and it was when we were traveling I was thinking to myself I want to give the Marines a shot I still had I hated it, I kind of hated it when I was in Iraq I was like what am I doing here um and then you get that retrospective enjoyment on things and I kind of forgot how bad it was and I thought you know I want to give the Marines a shot and we, we traveled around the world and as we were traveling I just started training for it and we yeah. How did you get out of the... So you're in the army as an infantry soldier in Iraq? Yeah, yeah. How did you leave the army? Well, because it was... Um, because I was sort of in the reserves and I'd done a full-time reserve thing. So okay. when we came back off the tour, um, I went back into just being a reservist. And uh, then I took... Uh, I forgot what it's called now. Like like a sabbatical. So yeah. I asked for some... So I was still kind of... I was still in. Yeah. But I had a. I they talk- give you like some leave too. Yeah, okay. yeah, and then and then when I came back from that, I was like, look, I want to, I want to apply for the Marines. So, mate, that's, that's amazing. Again, obviously, just demonstrating the level of ambition that you've got. But interested to know a little bit more about that trip to Iraq. Could you kind of just like <laughs> casually just mention that you're mm. still on the back of a Land Rover? Yeah, getting bombed it was, and it was. Um, I guess I didn't really know what I was doing when I went out there, and it was all a bit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I didn't super enjoy it. So, I mean, you're just thrown in the deep end. Yeah, I think so. I think as a obviously because the way that I'd gone into it as uh, I, I guess I had like the full training. I mean, look, going through the marine, obviously, then I went through the full marines training. Yeah. It's like wow, I was I guess mega unprepared for that. Mm. You know, as 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 super naive about it, I didn't really know what what I was doing or the reasons why we're doing anything. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't super fun. Yeah. Uh, Did you return there after you've... Obviously, you went through the marine training. I'd yeah, like to hear a little yeah. bit more about that. Did you go back out there? Uh, no, when I, when I passed out... In, so I got, got back, applied for the Marines, went into training. Um, I went straight up to 4-5 and then went, went straight out to Afghan. Mm. Um, quite sort of quite quick succession of leaving the training. Uh, so no, I didn't, I didn't go back to Iraq there. I went to... Um, and, and then Afghan was like a lot worse. Really? So, so mate, I'd, you know, if you're happy to share, I'd love to hear more about Afghan. But before we go into that, could you tell us a little bit about the, firstly, the training you put yourself through to get into the Marines and then what it was actually like getting into the setup itself? Um, so I trained, obviously, I, I was by at this point now, um, my parents were living in the Yorkshire Dales. So it was a good training ground, yeah, lots perfect. of hills and rivers. And I just, I was so determined on getting into the Marines and, uh, yeah, I'd just I'd, I'd go out running. I'd you know do you know do just do some weights, and I you know just really was really keen to get in. Even even when I started training, I didn't think I was fit enough to start. But I, I went in with thinking if I if I fail for not being fit enough, then I'm just going to get even more fit and, and go back again. There was no yeah. second option. It was I was going to join the Marines. Yeah, so. Why do you think you wanted to join it? Was there someone in your uh, family or no? No. So my family uh, aren't aren't really military. Um, I think it was after. I don't, know, I don't know how to sort of phrase it after working with the army. I'd, I'd sort of, I didn't think I was good enough for the Marines. And then uh, some of the lads, I thought, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm more keen. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm a bit fitter than these. I, I, want, I want to do more. I want to, I, I want to go for the Marines. I didn't think I was good enough, but actually I want to give it a shot. Hmm. Do you think there's an element of you came through Iraq, survived, lived to fight another day kind of feeling? I don't know if you've heard, there's a, 
there's a I'm trying to think how how they actually phrased it what the words were but essentially during during the World War Two there was a fear that people in London were going to be terrified during the Blitz and during mm-hmm. the bombings and the people and the civilians who lived in London who refused to flee that generally speaking Germans etc thought they'll be terrified everyone's going to leave London it's going to be terrible they're going to hate it life's going to be awful when the bombings came yes some people sadly did die but the ones that didn't had this whole new belief system about them this whole new confidence that they were just like indestructible and actually yeah. the morale within the city was really really strong and really really amazing yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something that people obviously don't think about a lot is it's like actually those near miss things give you so much confidence and so much belief in yourself yeah, yeah. I don't know whether that's something that like I guess, yeah, I guess that could be an, an element into why. I think it'd, it'd always been niggling me, though. I mean, there was a guy, when I was going through education, he, he said to me, oh, why don't you join the Marines with me? And I remember saying to him, no, nah, I can't join the Marines, they're supermen. I can't do that. And I'd, I'd, I'd put myself down. And then hmm. and then I guess, yeah, after, after the tour, I was thinking, do you know what, I, I reckon I could give this a shot. Yeah. Um, but as it, I mean, back then I was like in sort of awe of the Marines I was like wow these yeah. guys are cool yeah. that's great though and I, st- I still am <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you put yourself in the mix mate and when you, again we talk about a lot here like you're the average of the five people you spend your time with and whatever that is don't be the smartest person in the room all those things because you can learn from these people you can grow from the people that you spend time with and that you're around Yeah. to put yourself in that mix and go, go into as you called them you know a room full of supermen superheroes you're going to learn so much and grow yourself as well so it's more for you and credit to you for, for doing that as well thank you so, mate, tell me a little bit about the actual way that you got into the Marines. What, what did they put you through? What was the training that they made you go through? Um, I remember going down for the uh, uh, sort of the PRMC, which is to see if you've got the potential. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. You know, and it's at the end of it, you get like a set of boots to break in and they give you a date to sort of start training. And I remember I was just, I was just buzzing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get into training. And yeah, I, start, I think, I don't know, I started... I feel like I kind of enjoyed training, but it's probably because I'm forgetting a lot of it because <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty hard. Uh, but I, I think it was at that point that that's something that I'd chosen to do and I don't think I'd ever felt so driven. I had I had purpose and direction, which are two key things that I didn't appreciate until leaving, so, you know, not so long ago that you know the, this this uh, having a purpose and having a direction and obviously the physical fitness and the tribe we're, we're tribal beings being surrounded by these lads you know be with this you've got your tribe there you're all working together um the share, shared hardship um and you know that sort of all that coming together made made I felt like I really achieved something yeah. going into it and, and passing yeah. passing through the training. Amazing, mate. How, how do you think people that might not have it now can find purpose and direction? Oh, it's a, do you know, it's a, I think it's quite a tricky one because when I left, um, I was obviously very aware that I wasn't going to have a salary, but I felt I can I can make money. I'll just I'll do whatever I can make money. That's okay. Um, but what I didn't appreciate when I left is. Then I didn't. I mean, I have. I had no structure to my to my time. I had no direction. I was then just floating this yeah. bumpy transition back onto Civvy Street, where I didn't really know what. So me, me and my little brother kind of came together, and we only very recently, really, we started chatting about we've got to do something. We've got to focus on something. And what do we like doing? We like adventure, motorbikes, magic. Let's do something with that and mm-hmm. we've now got a big plan for next year which we're going to touch on now or touch on in a bit so I think right, it's you, you, so, so back to that question I yeah. think just kind of breaking it down brainstorming what do I want to do with my life like what am I doing what, what do I want to be doing um, and I guess we're, we're lucky in the, the fact that I mean I, I don't have children yet and uh, I don't have super commitments so I don't have those pressures that a lot of people do have. Mm. Um, yeah. So How I old are you? I'm th- I'll be 35. Yeah, this month. 35. This month? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I love about that is that you've, you've essentially 
mapped out a plan of how people could find their purpose. But the first thing you said was, let's talk about the things that we love. We love, what you say, magic, uh, motorbikes. And adventure. And adventure. Yeah. Hey, that's brilliant. So if anyone out there who feels like they haven't got a purpose, write down the things you enjoy doing or the things that you love. Yeah. Try and build, build activities around those. We'll, we'll see if we can, like I said, we can touch on what we've got planned for next yeah, year. Yeah, please, mate. Yeah. Now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, we, we, so we thought, let's put these things together. I mean, my little brother, he was, he was, so we lost my dad like a few years ago and that kind of really hit the family hard, um, which is, a, it, you know, it feels like a ridiculous thing because it's an, an inevitable thing. And obviously I reassure myself that it's a lot better for me to lose him than him to lose me, Go, you know, in Iraq or Afghan. Like that would have really broken my parents. Like this is a natural way. Um, we're all grown up. It's not like I've lost him as a young lad, but God, it like really really kicked my whole perspective on life and it really affected the family and I noticed my little brother was struggling with things and his kind of life was for falling apart a little bit and I was like come on let's 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 fall together what what do we like doing we like and we were we we're getting into motorbike and this is I used to ride when I was younger um but then we we're getting into this uh this motorbike and I know we liked the old Royal Enfield so we're like ah oh, but buying them here is a bit cheating we need to get them from india because that's where they're made now so like why don't we go to india and then and then we're like well if we got to india we could like ride them to beijing and then get the trans-siberian express to russia and then ride them back or something and then i couldn't find anywhere i was like googling i couldn't find anywhere that would say that you could take a motorbike on the trans-siberian express so i was like well let's ride them home um so then we've we've planning this route in the sort of planning stages of it now um but linked in with some great contacts who are, who are helping us with it. But we, we, if we go to India, maybe February time next year, get these bikes, go over the Himalayas, do, do sort of one of the highest passes near Leh, come down into Pakistan, go up into China and Kurdistan. And I mean, there's, I was, I was just looking through the route the other week and there's some absolutely amazing places. There's these, these burning craters that just these ancient cities and we thought we'd do this big motorbike adventure from India back to the UK but we're going to do magic so we're going to go to these dusty villages we're going to be doing magic for the locals but also my brother's a history academic so we're going to he's going to narrate parts of the trip and and say well this is you know this is where Babur did this this is Genghis Khan Alexander the Great these are ancient cities Um, we're going to sort of the paths that we're traveling on and then also the, the history of magic with playing cards coming from china into europe getting carried by soldiers you know bringing magic into no, europe right. so we've got like the history of the, the the route the history of the magic me and my bro is these like bearded brothers <laughs> vikings i don't know <laughs> um yeah do, doing this doing this trip and when we thought yeah we'll we'll if we're doing all this we might as well film it so let's film it and then we've we've kind of thought we can either self-produce something or create a short film or if someone is keen we can you know that would think oh this might be interesting let's let's get this produced and and create a series you know so that's Amazing, the, that's next year kind of so i've stopped taking bookings with the magic really? to focus on this Amazing. motorbike trip but how inspiring, man, because like you've essentially gone from a really dark place to thinking, first of all, you've been amazing because you've been supportive to your brother and you've recognised that and you've obviously been going through a tough time yourself as well. But all you've really done is gone on the internet and gone like, I've got this mad idea, let's try and do something about it. Yeah. Like We can all do that, can't we? But a lot of us don't yeah. act on it. Like, all but like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm so privileged in that I've got, I've got my bro and I don't have massive commitments i'm not tied to anything i'm pretty pretty free um so yeah it's uh i, I mean uh, i know a lot of people are then tied into i see people getting themselves tied into things you know they you know like cars on finances and yeah you know all, the, all this stuff where they yeah. i heard someone call it like renting their life you know and they, they tie themselves into where they've got that much the, the outgoings are that high every month they have to be making yeah the incomes and at the moment we're 
we were like super flexible. I kitted out like this surf shack van when I left the Marines. Like my, so my plan was to leave the Marines and travel around Spain and Portugal doing magic, okay. magic around the beaches, around the tapas bars <laughs> to get a bit of tapas. And and then obviously I, I left. I kit got this this uh, built this surf shack van, and uh, and the magic took off. I didn't expect it to take off. So then I've I've not ended up going to Spain. I've been coming to London a lot and traveling all around the country yeah. doing this. But we still got the. I've just taken the van out to to Ireland because my partner was doing the Island Ironman and we had a, a week out there then came back through South Wales had a little bit of a surf and you know going in hills uh, like wild swimming and stuff and it's just been absolutely beautiful Mate. We've got, so we're in the van now in London uh, you're living in there yeah yeah sick yeah. So, Mate, so, like I said so I've, I've I've got my house, renting my house out because I don't, I don't need to live in it. If I live in the house, then that fixes me in one location. Well, so then, it's good that it, you got that though. Yeah, well, I thought when I was earning in the Marines, I thought I need to invest in something yep. as a, just as a look, look forward to. That's, a, that's another amazing message, mate. You've said that, you know, when people say they're bound or they're shackled by their mortgage, yeah. right? You've essentially said like, okay, fine. I realise that I need some sort of security or some sort of asset, rented it out and you're living... Uh, a lifestyle, mate. That frankly, I'm but quite envious. Also, of I'm a super tight Yorkshireman, so I don't <laughs> want to pay my own mortgage. <laughs> I don't, I don't, and, and like I say, if I, if I lived in that house, then then I've got I've got my mortgage and bills, which means I'm fixed in one location. So I have to get a job to pay the mortgage and the bills, and then that's me tied into a conventional life, which I don't want. Yeah. So I'd, I'd rather be the, one of the things I was craving when when I was in the military I got to this point where I was absolutely just craving freedom and flexibility really and, and that's what that's exactly what it's I have so now. regimented yeah yeah not, I mean it was just busy it was busy so I finished off um, I went down uh, the medic route I was like a trauma medic in the Royal Marines and then I went um, became a special forces medic and finished off with the SPS as a squadron medic down there for, for a short period of time and it was just a busy time uh, we you know it was just, it was just busy and it, I I I wanted to surf and I wanted to do magic. <laughs> Amazing, man. Oh, mate, that's so inspiring, though. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, mate, if you, don't, if you don't mind sharing a little bit more about your dad, because mm. I was like, I could tell when you said that, it's like, it's really heavy stuff, isn't it? What happened with your dad? Like, I was, I was surprised away? at how much it hurt, you know? Like, it's, um, yeah, it really hurt. Like, And it's obviously, like, out in Afghan, we lads got killed and... Um, I remember carrying um, one of the lads back, and I was just thinking, "What is going on? You know, this is what is going." What on? The, a guy being killed and you carrying? Yeah, him back. we're carrying him back, and I'd patched up a lad as well because I was, I was like, "Oh, I want to be a medic," or you know, and this this guy, I'd sort of patched him up and then carried him, and then came back and then went on a carrying a stretch with the 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 guy who was who was had been killed. Um, Ah, that, that was super hard. That, you know, I found that really, you know, it was really, it's just not a very nice experience. But, and then losing my dad really hurt. And I was like, why? This is an inevitable thing. Why is this hurting so much? So my dad was, I was, I was out in Nor Norway. Um, I came back in February 2013. And um, my mum said to me, she, she rang me. She said, oh, your dad's not well. And I was like, oh, what's, what's up? what's up she's like he's got cancer I was like okay I'm coming home and I just I drove home I was like what, what's all this about you know and uh, they, at the time they were trying to work out what cancer he had he's like oh he's got cancer but it's um, an unknown primary source they didn't know where it'd come from and by the time it's been detected it was spread throughout his whole body uh, so he was diagnosed and I think like it was like 10 weeks and, and he passed and so, no I mean, the Marines were really, really good uh, in that they gave me compassionate leave. So I was able to go home and spend time with him, which was beneficial because if they hadn't, I would have gone home anyway. Like I would, <laughs> they wouldn't, and they would have been upset. He was really, <laughs> really kind and understanding, gave me compassionate leave. I went home um, and it was just really, I was like, yeah, I'll look after your dad. This is cool. Like, um, and then obviously just watched his deterioration. And I remember the last time we we took him upstairs and um, he was uh, struggling a little bit. And I was like, don't worry, Dad, I'll, I'll carry you. He used to carry me. So um, just helped, helped him up. And, and then, yeah, it was, I think, like that weekend. 
Yeah, it's pretty. It seemed to it seemed obviously affected all of us, but it seems to have affected me and my little brother. It really changed my perspective on life. So, um, so yeah, me and my bro were like, "What are we doing? Let's just life goes so life goes so quickly. Let's um, let's just do what we you know. Let's just roll with it. You know, let's yeah. It's so really really sort of booted my perspective. Yeah, uh, and, and and changed my priorities in life. Do you so think if that hadn't happened, like you wouldn't have be doing what you're doing now? Um, I guess, I guess. Sorry, excuse me. No. Um, it wasn't long after that I then got into um, a bit of a scrap, and then I was getting charged for GBH, and it was it was a daft situation where I'd I'd walked around a corner and seen one guy getting beaten up by four guys, and I ran over, I punched one of them, and pulled the other lads off him. A similar thing had happened to me after I'd come back from Afghan. I'd had six lads jump me and they broke my jaw and I was knocked out. And then this is like, this is, I, I walked around this corner, I saw four guys beating up one guy. I ran, just ran straight into it. And the guy that I punched, um, he, he, I broke his jaw. And then I was getting charged for GBH. Um, and I'd meant to, my career, you know, I was, I was, I'd finished my draft. I was based in North Devon at the time. I'd finished my draft. I was meant to be getting drafted somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, I found myself on a freeze draft on bail for 10 months. My dad had just died. Um, and I, was, I had to sell my car to pay for I went. I thought, shit, I've, I've messed up here. I, I need to get a private solicitor. I need to get a barrister. I need to, you know, I don't want to lose my career. Um, but then I had to sell my car to pay for it. Uh, and I wasn't able to drive home to see my mum, and it was really bothering me. Um, but because I was on a curfew from town, I wasn't allowed in town on this street after nine o'clock. I was so pissed off at myself, I stopped drinking. Um, I really got into yoga, and I really embraced the surfing. Um, and this was like a changing point in my uh, in my life, I guess. Uh, this is like my priorities had changed after, after uh, losing my dad. Yeah, I got into surfing and yoga and started reading a lot. And me, obviously, me and my brother chat. I don't know where he's gone. <laughs> he's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's heard this story before. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So it's uh, my priorities have changed. And then, obviously, by the time this this court case, it went to it went to Exeter Crown Court and and had a trial there. And I, I remember the judge saying, "This shouldn't have come here. This this guy is. It was. I was." found innocent self-defense defense of another the judge was like this this shouldn't have come this far it was it was just yeah that that situation but then right, thank god that was sorted um, out yeah yeah and um so obviously then then i went off down to pool as a as a, a medic down there um but my my mind wasn't really in in it then and then we were going away all the time it was busy and there's a lot you don't want to drop the ball. It's high pressure. You're working with a lot of um, amazing blokes, and you don't want to you don't want to let them down. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure there. You don't want to be shit. Yeah. Um, but then you're busy, and I was thinking, I just want to surf and I want to do magic. I don't want to be doing this. Amazing. And that's my, my mind. And then it was, it was time for the next chapter. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Thanks so much. So sorry about that, man. I, d- I didn't know we were gonna like. Right, please. You know when you were saying at start, what should we chat about? And I was like, yeah, we'll just go through it. <laughs> but I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Sorry, mate. Don't apologise. It was amazing, man. Fucking made me cry as well. So right, it's interesting you said that. So you went. So a lot of people look for different things when they get into those difficult places. You said that yoga and surfing was one that really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I've never said this before out loud. I don't think. But when I was, I think about. 15 um, I, I was lucky enough my parents took me to California and I went to a little surf town called Carlsbad yeah, yeah. and if you haven't have you been there before no I, I have surfed California but not I don't know that okay place. you should put it on your list mate it's, yeah. not, it's not always the best surf but it's an amazing surf town it's it a bit sharky out there though it does get a bit sharky <laughs> yeah mate I don't know. Yeah. actually that was I went to La Jolla and there was actually a shark there oh shit yeah but didn't get me so um, but just being in the sea that day there was like a certain feeling of just being very very relaxed like the yeah. way that the, the waves roll over and I didn't know it at the time but for the next maybe three four years anytime I felt any stress or anxiety which I didn't I wasn't aware that they were the emotions I was feeling but my brain would automatically take me back to that moment and I'd picture like the calm yeah, rolling yeah, waves yeah. and it was just like such a relaxing way to su- yeah, such a great way to change it? my perception yeah 
So I'm interested to know like what it does for you and what, what surfing and yoga has done for you and, and were you doing those activities before that, that happened or not? Um, I can't remember if I was doing them before. Um, I might have sort of kind of looked at it. But I guess it was this this change, a lifestyle change, really, because as I, I was annoyed at myself that I'd got myself in this situation, um, and it was like not drinking, um, and I think I just focused on those. It was a, a nice a nice Devon uh, yoga place, um, and the surf there is beautiful. I used to drive down before work sometimes, and I remember paddling out, uh, and the sun would be rising. I'd be hitting through the break. Be the only one in the water as I'm hitting through the break. I'm like, you know, turning the waves, like splashing up, and like the droplets just glistening on the sunrise. And I was like, that is amazing. This is, I just loved it so much. You know, this, uh, yeah, really. Uh, so I, I really sort of itch. I want to I get back in the water. I want to get yeah. back in the water. And it's, um, that's why I was like, I wanted just to revolve my life about, you know, traveling the coastline of, of northern Spain and Portugal and yeah. uh, I've still not got the van down there <laughs> uh, although I have just been surfing down in Polzef um, with, with some of the lads nice, which mate. has been really good yeah. and then obviously I got a little surf uh, in South Wales just the other day nice. it was only small but it's just really good being back in the water oh mate yeah I bet uh, we've had Andrew Cotton on the podcast who's a professional big wave surfer who yeah. uh, learned to surf in North Devon I'll never, and do, big, I'll never do big waves no mate. <laughs> well he's done the, that Nazare in Portugal like the yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, 100 yeah. feet wave some of them it's ridiculous it's insane it? yeah. but yeah don't, that's, you don't get the relaxing meditative state from, nah. from doing those um, have you seen Point Break the old Point Break Keanu Reeves yeah. yeah that's yeah I think that as well it's like this is so cool Patrick Swayze is so cool yeah but do you know what I think surfing surfs up <laughs> you know, with, uh, is it surfs up you know the cartoon, the Pixar. I don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> mate, you need to watch it. I, That's what you see. Yeah. It surfs up, isn't it? I'm gonna have to Google it. <laughs> surfs up with Cody. Come on, guys. I don't. Have a, I don't have a TV. <laughs> surfs up. Okay. Yeah, I'll look out for that. I probably won't watch it. <laughs> six out of ten there. Six yeah. out of ten. Oh, MTV, that's brutal. It's a brilliant. You need to get a review on that. It's got Shia LaBeouf as the voice of Cody. Ah, uh, I like him. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> you got a bit of Shia LaBeouf about you with a beard. Ah, oh, thank you. I'll take that as a very big compliment. Yeah, I think, I think he's a legend. Yeah, he is a legend, isn't he? I used to watch him as Even Stevens. Yeah, mate. I saw a good interview about him um, yesterday. He's doing a load of stuff again. Similar story, right? He's been through some hardships. He's a bit he's, of a mad bloke, isn't he? He's a little bit mad, yeah. yeah um, but in the nicest possible way. Yeah. <laughs> but he's doing a lot of stuff um, in because he's from LA, in yeah. California, like giving back in the community, doing like theatre classes and stuff for people who don't get access to those sorts of coaching, those sorts of lessons. So, oh, fantastic. Um, not too dissimilar story from yours when you want to go and make people smile and, and laugh by doing magic. Yeah, so. it's, um, looking at when you look at what people say about you know later on in life, and they're saying instead of gaining for yourself what can I give and I don't really know what I can give but I know that I can perform magic and that's why I'm pretty rubbish at the magic business because I sometimes don't charge for gigs I'll come do magic yeah that's cool and I'm like ah shit I need to the fuel in the van <laughs> yeah. and I need to get me and my bro food so I'm get like, to Portugal he's, he's still waiting to be paid I've, he's been working for me since December and I've not paid him anything yet so I need to start yeah sorting sorting the business side of things out he must love I look being after with you. yeah <laughs> he must love being with you as well and the stuff that you're doing together mate I just think I've got a really close relationship with my brother so yeah. I'd love to be able to work with him every day I've got I've got a third brother as well but he's um, he's he's the conventional one he's uh, he's doing really well in his job and he's got a beautiful wife and two beautiful girls yeah um, and he's very sort of settled with that and doing is he that. happy he doesn't ride a motorbike and mm -hmm. he's got a very trimmed beard <laughs> <laughs> you've all got beards though <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah yeah it was when I first left it was horrendous and I'd, I'd be doing weddings and people would say you need to cut that beard <laughs> and I'm like no nah, no nah, it looks cool and I look back at photos and I'm like oh that's quite bad. Yeah. Although I will be letting it grow for the um, for the trip. Did you have a beard in the Marines? No, no. It's sort they of don't clean, allow that. Clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were times when we it was sort of relaxed on the shaving. Yeah. Um, but now nah, I pretty much kept it. Yeah, kept it shaved. But I look back at photos of myself without a beard. I'm like, ah, oh, can't go back to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, I know you said that there were some times where it was pretty rough out in Afghanistan when you were part of the Marines. But were there yeah. were there up times? Were there positives? Um, 
I mean, yeah, it's, I think the Marines in general has given me such a solid foundation to be moving on to the next chapter of my life. I look at the type of bloke I was before I joined the Marines and, and then I look at how my life is now and the opportunities that are presented to me um, from, from the lads. It's, such a, it's, a, it's a very close brotherhood. I think it's absolutely amazing. And it's, uh, so the upside, just like I said, we're tribal beings. We, we are, and I think that in the world today, we're lacking a lot of community. Mm. We're very isolated. Uh, we isolate ourselves. And it's, yeah, we, we, should be, we should be hanging out more. And in, in the Marines, you've got a lot, just this, this bunch of like-minded lads who are into their f- uh, fitness. Um, you work together, you're living together, you go out for drinks, you eat together. Um, if lads have problems, you kind of talk to each other. And it's, um, yeah, it's just this brotherhood. And even, like, leaving, it's, it's the brotherhood's still there. There's guys that, there's guys that I've not served with, and I, I meet them and, like, Oh, you're a bootneck. You're a marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. And they just like it opened doors. You know, yeah. they just mate. If you need to ever stay at my house or come meet me for 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 a wet for a drink, you know, yeah. it's, it's um, yeah. So I think yeah, good time. There are good times. It is good good hanging out with the lads. Yeah, mate, it's amazing. I think yeah, I've never been in the military, but it's in that way I can relate with sport. Like yeah. the biggest thing I miss from football was the camaraderie, just. The, the banter, the yeah, chat, like the laughs, yeah. and the physical side of it as well. Playing football, obviously, you have the yeah, physical exercise you, that you get with. You, you, you're going for a run every morning, yeah. and you're lifting the weights, and you yeah, it's just, I think it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's nice. such, a, such a good brotherhood. Yeah. yeah. All right, mate, so we do the same three questions at the end of every episode. Okay, yeah. So we do these to give listeners something that they can incorporate into their lives, hopefully that's going to help them drive their performance. So the first one of these is, is there anything you've come across or discovered recently that you're particularly excited about? Um, for me, obviously, just had this trip uh, back in the van yeah. and been doing like this free swimming, wild swimming. I don't know what they're sort of uh, like free diving. Or? No, not free diving. No, just like just swimming in open water, like uh, like streams and lakes, and yeah, um, and just getting getting up early on the morning. Like, so I'm trying to bring back uh, sort of discipline and structure to my life. Um, and I'm so, so I'm like, right, get up early, just get out for a run. And then, um, I mean, me and my bro, we sort of came across like cold showers and my yeah, mate was, right. I've got a, a, a mate who's so driven and he talks about cold showers as, but just because every, if you say go have a cold shower, you have this little voice in your head that goes, no, I don't want a cold shower. I'll have one tomorrow. I'll go, you know, the, and it's like shut up you this is <laughs> as Tony Morgan said this isn't a debate I'm not here to debate with you <laughs> yeah. we're going in that, that he has a, a cold plunge pool so just trying to get some discipline back in and, and obviously just it's been such a beautiful drive the, um, in Ireland and South Wales and just jumping in uh, in the waters I wouldn't I, I don't like encourage it because it could be dangerous or something like that but it's, it's just <laughs> been it's just been beautiful getting getting into having a, a swim on the morning. Mate, it sounds incredible. I'm, I've been doing more open water swimming myself. I'm doing yeah. the Henley River swim. Are you really? Uh, in, oh. I think it's in two weeks, mate. I, I need to be. I need to do a, a longer yeah. swim because I'm going to struggle. How far is it? <laughs> it's only one and a half K, but yeah. that's still enough. And, I, and all I do is put little short swims in the pool, so I need to... Are you in a wetsuit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I found swimming in a wetsuit is, is so much easier, I think, for a bloke because we naturally sit in the water. Uh, yeah. It's sort of with our legs hanging down and a wetsuit just brings us horizontal yeah and also they you just seem to glide so much easier yeah it? it does help but do you know what i found i don't know where you found this though but it made my forearms burn so much more because obviously you're heavier with the wetsuit on right okay, so you're pulling yeah. through the water i found that very quickly my forearms would get yeah, fatigued yeah. quicker but um but yeah the cold water thing mate is it's, it's literally with my meditation best thing i do every day yeah yeah it's the so do you meditate every day then uh i try to it's like the it's only it, thing it, that it's really tricky, isn't it? it is hard, mate, I, yeah. it's like why is it so tricky to take one minute, yeah. three minutes. You Which know, like, you know is going to benefit you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to sit down. <sighs> because we're programmed just to keep going, aren't we? Yeah. And I think it's conditioning. We've been conditioning. So for the last 35 years, I've been conditioning myself to, to roll through my life without meditating. So then yeah. to try and bring that in, I think that's why. So yeah, just trying to get some structure yeah. and get some discipline and um, yeah, sort of like do the things that we know are good for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. So on that point, perfect segue. <laughs> so the second question is, if there was a habit or routine that every one of the listeners should incorporate into their day that's going to help them, what would it be? I think it's really nice when you you got to sort of get up and just get out of bed. It's I find it nice just going, like literally just run for 10 minutes, come back, mm. and then just stretch. But even if you don't do the run, just to get up and just do just I do sort of four breaths reach up and then just hang down sort of rag dog rag dog rag dog yeah, pose yeah. just kind of stretch the back out and just kind of loosen up a bit and I think and then if you can you know sort of kind of four salutations to the sun just a little stretch out a little stretch out and then maybe just sit and just try and do like a smally meditation yeah I think that's a, a very if if you could kind of incorporate that into your your daily routine just do it just before you clean your teeth so you're just kind of getting it at the same time get yeah. that consistency you can build it up later but just get consistent even you just do a little bit of stretching I think that's yeah. it just feels really nice um, just feels really nice nice way to start the day yeah mate amazing it's calming me down thinking about it think, <laughs> do you know what I find is, is interesting is like I've heard someone talk about it before as well is like look at the way that dogs get up in the morning yeah like I so my dog sleeps on the floor yeah next to my bed so she's fucking brilliant she will sleep as long as I sleep <laughs> which is ideal <laughs> so as soon as I get out of bed she gets out of bed yeah. the first thing they do is they sh- shake and then stretch yeah. really long stretches out and that's just like na- that's, a, that's not like they haven't been programmed to do anything differently that's just like a natural instinct for them is like when they wake up out of bed the best thing to do f- is to stretch yeah, yeah. so yeah when they do that I'll try and do it as well. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> alright mate so the last of these three is there's two versions of yourself. Imagine going back to a time that was particularly difficult. It could be a time that you've been in the Marines or it could be a time of your family. What's the key differentiator between those two versions? One of them went on to have the success that you've had, change your outlook on life, change the way you see things and go on this journey as a magician, go on this journey and, and find new places to surf and have all these amazing experiences and the one who wouldn't have been able to do all that. You can't be a victim. So you can't go, ah, oh, for me like this this is this is life this is happening like it's just rolling don't you can't have your internal narrative of being a victim let's like if we don't have that and we just take responsibility for what we're doing then I think that that helps yeah my brother sort of teaches me a lot yeah <laughs> he told um, you all of it yeah that ownership thing isn't it yeah yeah, yeah just yeah okay that's amazing man okay. mate just before we finish one more what's, yeah. your, what's your favourite magic trick uh, have you what have you seen have you which seen ones have I seen the ones all, you, all the ones you did at Woody's at mm-hmm. Woody's book launch yeah I didn't see the ones that you did tonight okay I mate, didn't have a good enough view I've got I'll show, I'll show you after this but, okay um, yeah just a little routine I'll do it for for you two just two cards selected and kind of just rub one into the other I think it's a very visual change yeah also just changing the whole the color of the pack of cards and then changing like the, the color of the whole pack yeah yeah, yeah. and okay. then i like the um stuff with fire just producing things from fire that's sick. Like, have you seen anything with fire <laughs> no because you told me about this again the last time that we met or it's the first time we met yeah mate that'd be brilliant i'd love to all right mate i just want to acknowledge how much of an absolute legend i think you are i've absolutely loved speaking to you um, and thanks so much for sharing the story, man. It really touched me, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no, th- well, thank you for thank you for coming, and asking me to to talk. I, d- I didn't sort of expect it to be like that, but it's been it's been really nice chatting to you too. Thank you so much still you absolute legend i can't thank you enough i hope you're somewhere on a beach or about to go surfing or performing your magic when we finished recording still actually said he feels like we're best friends and that happens a lot when you have a really deep conversation with someone it's one of the best things that comes out of the podcast you have a real connection with someone after an hour hour and a half talking and sharing stuff that you probably don't talk about too often it's definitely one of those stepbrothers moments if you want to book still and i recommend you do i've seen him perform twice now firstly at woody's book launch and second at the manor 24 and 24 you can do at www.magicmarine.com or just go to his instagram page at the magic marine 
One of the reasons I started the Take Flight podcast was because I felt like I was on the wrong path, I was on the wrong journey, and I wasn't doing what I'm supposed to do. And I feel way more aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing and why I'm here with doing this podcast and doing the events and the other stuff that it's leading to. Steele is by far one of the most impressive people I've met because you could just tell that he loves what he's doing. He seems very happy and although at times that episode and the conversation was quite intense and quite deep, let me tell you that when you sit across from him is a guy who knows exactly who he is. Travelling offers so much and he gets to do a lot of that and I think you can change your life when you go on holiday or go on a particular trip somewhere. And I wanted to recommend a book to people who felt inspired by this conversation or felt like they might want to be doing something similar, not be shackled by their mortgage, not be stuck in the life that they're in now. There's a book called Vagabonding. It's one that Tim Ferriss talks about regularly. It's in one of his recommendations. And it's something that I've looked to in the past and it gives a step-by-step action-orientated guide as to how you can ultimately vagabond. A vagabond is defined as a person who wanders from place to place without a home or job. That can sound quite negative, but really what a vagabond is, in my opinion, is someone who's finding themselves. And this book is something that allows you to do that. It allows you to financially look at how you're going to do it. Organisation-wise, help you learn what the best way is to go about organising and planning something like this. So if you feel like you're stuck somewhere, read this book. Reach out to Steele as well, as I'm sure he'd love to hear from you and love to help. Or go and join the boys at Manor because they're absolute legends. I know you know how I feel about them already. Go and speak with Louis Watts, Charlie's brother. He's running the sales team there and he's a top guy. He'll be able to help you out. Often when we do feel lost or unfulfilled or lacking direction, it's because we want to feel more aligned or more in touch with our values. And often being a part of a community that has the same values as you, it makes you feel like you've got more of a purpose. Manor does it for me. I'm sure it'll do it for you as well. I've droned on enough at the end of this episode, but I really hope you enjoyed the chat. There's two unbelievable guests coming in the next two weeks. Absolute banging episodes. Aldo Kane, hero, if you don't know him, get to know him. And Victoria Pendleton, who I'm sure you'll be familiar with. She's actually just been on Fern Cotton's podcast as well. But you might hear a different perspective on this one. But until then, stay positive, stay motivated and take flight.